0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
1: Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
0: Bought of you on Saturday morning. Oh, you it was, did? It was 8 below zero, literally. Yeah. And we had to go to shoot around. And our hotel is only four blocks away, it went right past US Bank Stadium.
2: There you go. Good memories. Where
0: the the Eagles won their Super Bowl over the Patriots. Uh, Nobody attended because they were freezing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I was like, yep, this is where the Eagles won their Super Bowl. That's right. 200 years after they won their last NFL championship. That's a long time. (laughs) All right.
2: Hey, 57, let's get it right.
0: 257. What's the, really in the end? What's the difference? <laughs> yeah, very few people were alive. All right. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, although I have interviewed Chuck Bednarik so many times in my career. And, of course, he was the two-way star of that win over the Packers in 1960. Yes, the only, he was. The only playoff game that Vince Lombardi ever lost as head coach. The only one. All right. But, yeah, thought about you. Big Super Bowl moment, the whole thing. Philly special. Yeah. Stefan Wisniewski. Who Steph now lives here in State College. You know that, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, moved back. It's nice. Okay. Let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. Aaron Donald gets the love he deserves. Hey! down. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like Piron might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess of course, who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. Aaron Donald with the uh, he, had to make, uh, he made three signature plays in the game. He made the play when Cincinnati was driving with the lead up 17-13. He got the sack, which ended up being a four-point play in the game because now Cincinnati had to settle for a field goal instead of getting a touchdown and the extra point. That was huge. He then, of course, in conjunction with Greg Gaines, I, I'm, the, the Gaines thing irritates me. It does. Gaines makes a great play, and so does Donald. And everybody actually, you know, they the Gaines doesn't exist. Like what they're playing. If only Donald's there, he gets the first down. If only Gaines is there, he gets the first down. They both had to make the play. Okay? And then of course at the end he just flat out makes the play. Which is just, you know, big signature plays. Cooper Cup was great yesterday. Odell Beckham Jr. fell awful for him. I mean, he is having a phenomenal game. They can't cover him. And then a non-contact. One of the students in my class, I was talking about grading projects at halftime. Well, one of them sent his project in this morning, and it was on Beckham and on the injury. It was a one-minute report. In the report, he cited a study that non-contact ACLs happen 35% more on... Artificial turf than they do on grass. Well,
2: that's good work, right there, by that student.
0: Outstanding work, and I thought I'd pass it along to the audience. That way, you're better armed when people talk about it. Uh, it was great work on the, on on behalf of the of that student in class. That was an easy A, because that's good work, right there. All right, so now let's uh, bring in our good friend Reginald Walker, sir. Welcome.
1: Steve, how are you? Happy uh, happy Super Bowl uh, Post-mortem. next day. Yeah. <laughs> Post mortem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh,
0: well, let's go through some of the intricacies of this game that mm-hmm. now, I think probably slipped through the cracks. You know, they always slip through the cracks because everybody always looks at the end of the game. We'll get to the end of the game at the end. Uh, early on, what did you think of the decision on the second series of the game? And it's a Super Bowl to go for it on fourth down by the Bengals as opposed to maybe playing a little field position
1: early? It didn't make any sense to me. That was the first thing I said. I was like, why would you why, – Why? I don't understand the, the reason for this, especially from this standpoint, right? You're the football team that doesn't have the dominant defensive front or offensive line. Um, you're the football team in this game that, uh, for all intents and purposes, you are climbing the mountain, right? You're you're playing against a team that has quote unquote the boy wonder head coach, uh, the all star team. They're playing at home. All these things, and so to me, um, I think what you do in that situation is you play the field position game to your point, and you force them to make a mistake, and then you pounce. Right? That's as a Bengal tiger. That's what they would do. Right? Mm-hmm. The, a mistake is made, and you and they pounce on you. And, and I just thought it was an uncalculated risk, an unnecessary. Uh, risk there by Zach Taylor, and, and to me, and I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try right. to no, overthink no. it. But I just think in that situation, you don't need to do that at that point in the game.
0: I just think that you're still in the probing part of the game, and so it's okay to play a little field position, especially when you open the game with a three and out, right? So maybe maybe you give yourself a second chance and you get the ball at midfield. Well, now, I mean, they scored a touchdown on that short field. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you look at it from that standpoint, and then the added piece of it it, to that point of of them scoring, you just gave an explosive offense with all those weapons a short field. Yeah. I've I've said for years, and I don't care. I'll take this to my grave as a football guy. It is harder to score if you have to go 80 yards than it is if you have to go 50 yards. Right. It's just harder. I, and so I'm you know, gonna I'm gonna choose the path of most resistance for my opponent.
0: I keep a stat on my chart, and it's a running. Stat, and I do it for every team, so it's not just Penn State. Okay, plus I call it plus territory. Whenever you take over on the plus side of the field, how many times does it happen during the course of the season? How many touchdowns do you get? How many times do you turn it over? How many times do you punt? How many field goals you get? I mean, the scoring percentage when you get it on the plus side of the field for every team. The key is keeping the number like you're with your opponent is you've got three times as many more than your opponent does in the season, but the numbers are astronomical. I mean, analytics. I keep analytics. That's a big one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll add to that. I remember in 2015, the Carolina Panthers 15 in one season. Yep. um, And I'm trying to remember the exact number, but of their scoring drives, particularly off of turnovers. Um, most of those started in plus territory, yeah. and I believe they scored touchdowns on something like sixty-five percent of those drives. And the percentage was about ten percent less um, of touchdowns scored yeah. uh, when they had to go sort of the length of the field, if you will.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's a big part of it. Nobody's talking about it today, but to me, that in a game decided by three, you've got to look at how each thing and each element came about. Uh, now let's get to, um, before we get to the end of the game, uh, Aaron Donald, uh, who for the first six quarters of his Super Bowl life, did nothing. He did nothing against the Patriots' first half. He did nothing yesterday. Then, um, then he makes the play on the sideline, which was borderline to a penalty. Okay. But then he made a sack that nobody's talking about that made the Bengals kick instead of getting a touchdown. He saved his team four points on a 3.1. I thought that was a huge play that, again, nobody's
1: talking about. It was a huge play, and I'll add another component as to why that was a big play. Because if you think about it, right, and you give them the four points, obviously they would have been, like, plus one at that point. Right. But remember the extra point that was missed because of the bad hole.
0: Yep, I've talked about that in the show Already uh to the I said I I was really surprised NBC didn't keep revisiting it. They only brought it up with three minutes to play. And I was like like that you and I know an extra point miss and you feel it on the sideline. You felt it on the sideline. It hangs over the game.
1: It, it does. And and so I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers I mean Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald and, and to that point on that play on the sideline with Burrow. I thought I personally um I thought it was a clean hit on Burrow, but it was also a message to Burrow. And I think it was and I think in that moment for a little while I saw the Bengals players kind of almost say, Okay, now we need to stop getting bullied. Yeah. And they kind of fought back for a little bit. They got the big play at the start of the second half. Yeah. And it started to look like they were gonna okay, here we come. And then Aaron Donald started bullying them again um in that second half. Mm-hmm. And and and, and the, the adjustment that was made uh, by the defense coordinator, Raheem Morris, was excellent. He, yeah. he realized that the they coach. were turning the protection yep. to Aaron Rodgers, so, or to Aaron Donald, I yep. should say. Yep. And so he immediately said, okay, I'm going to put someone over the top of the center so you can't turn the protection.
0: All right. And, and Raheem Morris deserves another chance as a head coach, by the way. He does. Uh, no question. Does. Uh, so now it's the, we get to the, the end of the game. So you get to the <laughs> end of the game and the 15-play the drive part of that fifty, the play to cup. Uh do you remember the uh, Penn State Michigan game here 2019? Penn State had a third down and short and James ran that that reverse action to KJ Hamler to get the first down. That Absolutely was
1: Absolutely correct.
0: That was the cup play on fourth down yesterday. It was the same call.
1: It was the same exact call. That play Except um, it, except a, it
0: went right and Hamler went left. That was the that's difference. the only
1: difference. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. Uh I I think you'll love this too, right? Um Beckham goes out. We're probably at this point just watching the game. We're mid, midway third quarter. Uh, sitting directly to my left watching the game, uh, the venerable Marcus Mills. Oh, jeez. Uh, congratulations to his family. Way to go, Marcus. Uh, yes. His dad is oh, on the, way to the pro, football, pro football Hall of Fame. Isn't that, and,
0: and my goodness, that's, it took too long.
1: It did. It did. Right. It absolutely did. It
0: took did. too long. Oh, it did. I just, oh, I, th- I thought Sam Mills was just, like, he was a football
1: player. Yes, yes, in every sense of the word. And so Marcus and I are sitting there, and we both look at each other, and we go, so they're just not going to bracket Cooper Cup, huh? Yeah. yeah it, we're both DBs, right? So we're looking yeah. at this thing going. Right. So you guys are just going to, because m- my thought in that moment, and I hate to say it like this, but w- I was paying attention to everything, and I'm going. I'm going to make Jefferson beat me while he's thinking about his wife getting ready to go in labor.
0: She's in labor.
1: <laughs> right. like, I, like, I don't think they told.
0: The I don't think they told him.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I think they told. Yeah, I don't think they told. But I'm like, this is the guy that's going to have to beat me. There is no way. Right. You let the best receiver statistically okay. in football this year beat you.
0: What does Belichick do?
1: He, he's taking that away,
0: and then right. And Belichick then makes the other guys beat you.
1: Yes, and I'll tell you what really made me explode when I looked up on the touchdown the to cuff at the end of the game oh. to seal it. The first thing I said to myself is, not only it's, are you not bracketing Cooper, Cubs, but Apple. you have your third corner. Over it's there.
0: Eli Happel on him. i like, uh, how do
1: you get? I'm like, I you, don't know. You can because remember, Alouzier got hurt earlier in the game, he but didn't. he came back. Yep. If Owusier is back in the game, he's got to be the guy gotta, over there.
0: He's got to be playing.
1: If okay. you're going to play one-on-one there, it cannot be with Eli Apple. Yeah. I, that was unacceptable.
0: What did you think of the the call on Logan Wilson, though? I didn't. I li- thought it was a bad call. I didn't like it. In a, in a game In a game where you really had not inserted yourself, I felt that that was a – that's like, what are you inserting yourself there for?
1: Well, that. And I think the, the other problem I had with it was the actual call.
0: Yeah, the call was not right.
1: Because, and what I mean by that, if they would have said illegal contact, yeah. I could have accepted it. Because he did touch him, and they were beyond five yards. Because yeah. that's what that rule is. Yeah. But to say he held him, yeah. which would mean he grabbed him and gained an advantage, that's incorrect. And that was my issue. Was I, I always listen to the application of how they they use the rules? Yeah. And to me. Again, I, I don't I don't I don't think it should have been any call there. Right, but if just, you're just call like, anything.
0: Just like Ramsey on Boyd in the end zone earlier in the game. He grabbed him right. on the play by the shirt they didn't call him like, ah, okay, I'm not worried about that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so I just I thought I, I and and there was a couple of plays on that last drive. Um I remember in particular, they were I think the Rams were around it was the play it was the look away pass where they hit Cooper Cook. Mm-hmm. The right tackle should have been called for a false start there.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. That's what struck me. I was surprised that wasn't called.
1: I, I I don't know how they missed that.
0: Yeah. I don't know either.
1: And so I was look as you look at the last drive, there were calls that that everybody was impacted by, and right. I just I think to me for a game that was I thought well officiated agree. really about the last six minutes.
0: Yep. I do too.
1: And it fell apart, yep. and I'm going. And and I one of my buddies texted me and he said, "Well, I guess at some point we knew the referees would show up. Here they are.
0: Yeah, they, they finally the cab pulled in. Uh, yeah, we got some other guys here. Uh great. Uh, which then brings me to the Bengals last uh, foray, trying to somehow at least get a field goal to get the thing to overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay." Greg Gaines. I just want to mention that Greg Gaines actually is the one that that on the tackle that Donald got all the credit for. Greg Gaines also made a gigantic play there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, he
1: he is the other guy.
0: Okay, the other guy that never got mentioned. He never got mentioned. Like he made that play. Like like, come on, you know, I know, I know he's the star. He's the focal point of the production meeting. I got it. But like other people help make plays too, right? So and Donald made a great play on that play. I'm not taking anything away from them, but to give the other guy credit, too. Uh, but why is Pirine carrying the ball? Well, here, here's what i right. I mean, okay. you can outthink yeah. yourself. you got Nixon. If you want to throw it, right. you can play action to him.
1: It's more effective, isn't it? That's right. No, you're right. So I'll say a couple of things about that play. You're right. First of all, let's talk about the defensive front, right? And, and, and I've always been taught this and understood this about football. If you do your job and don't make the tackle – but you're where you're supposed to be. Oftentimes you're the one making the play. Yeah. The tackle. Right. That's what Gaines did on that particular play. He made the play. Yep. And, and Aaron well, Donald made the tackle.
0: Well, no, Gaines made the tackle too. Well, Gaines.
1: I should, see, Gaines was yeah, he got a piece I, of the I tackle mean, right?
0: I mean, Gaines got I mean, you watch I kept looking at the replay and I'm like
1: Gaines was in the hole. And he I was c- sitting in the hole. Yeah,
0: but I could see the other guy with his arms wrapped around him thing. Whose arms are those? Seriously. Well, Gaines. Right? Oh, and Gaines, then, then oh, when okay. they went up top, Gaines I think Gaines actually hits him first, and he, then he did. and you know, it's like now, and again. What, I, this is a great play. I'm just saying a guy got no credit for making his part of the play. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, I agree. And and right before that play, I did say on third down, I said they can run it here because they had timeouts in their. Pro- I didn't have a problem with the play call. I had a problem with who they handed the ball. Yes, to, to your point. Yeah, and then the second piece of it is is understanding situations, right? Yeah. So on fourth down, yep. you had to know you needed to max protect. Yes. Because everybody knew you just tried to run it on third down, so you're not going to do it on fourth down. Yep. And to add to that, I think the other mistake the Bengals made, they they did it twice in the game. may have been three times. No, they did it twice. They brought the extra lineman in twice during the game. Yep. And they got nine yards on yeah. one of them and 13 yeah. yards on the other that's one. And they the, never went back to it.
0: That's the Patriots play that the Patriots used in the Super Bowl against the Rams four years ago.
1: That's right. right. And and they never went back to it. And I'm going, Man. it's okay. You don't have to risk Joe Burrow getting sacked seven right. times And Donald again.
0: makes a phenomenal play on that play.
1: Phenomenal. Yeah, oh, it
0: was unbelievable. Phenomenal was unbelievable. play. I, I mean, that is a, you know, it'll be shown on Super Bowl highlights for years and years as, as one of the great plays by a defensive player in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a great
1: play. That, the, the normal game angle of that, yes. The high end zone angle, no one's going to show you because Jalen Ramsey was on the ground and Jamar Chase was running up the sideline wide open. I know. And that, But, again, that goes back to if you can protect – you can do some certain do certain things. The other piece I'll say is, of those sacks, I, and I, I don't want to take anything away from the Rams and their pass rush, mm-hmm. but a couple of those were on Joe Burrow because he went Patrick Mahomes on him yeah. and tried to sit on the big play yeah. and, and ended up eating it because it wasn't there. Right. And he should have gotten rid of the ball a couple of times. Yep, so agreed. give credit on both sides of that. But uh, it, it was one of those games, I, I will say this, for the NFL, the last seven games of the season, not including the Pro Bowl because I wasn't a game. <laughs> six of those games were decided by three points. Yep. And the seventh was decided by six with an yeah. overtime
0: touchdown. Overtime touchdown.
1: Not a bad way to end the year.
0: Well, let me put it this way that's what makes them the printing press.
1: That's, that's exactly right.
0: My friend, always a pleasure. We will talk soon.
1: Yes, sir. Sounds great. Uh I will uh at the very least we'll definitely talk by uh Blue Eye Weekend oh, well. by, by the very, t-
0: Believe me, this guy can talk basketball too, so we'll get him back. All right. <laughs> he, he knows he knows his hoops. Thanks, Reginald. Appreciate it.
1: Take care, thanks, Steve.
0: Reginald Walker. I mean haven't often compared Macatrillo to national football league but i will hear they're both essentially printing presses we'll come back with more in a moment great to have you with us today brought to you by purdy insurance on news radio 1070 wk taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wk now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones in today's show brought to you by purdy insurance Market Street and Sunbury, go to PartyInsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, RV, whatever it may be. They'll do everything they can to save you money. Maybe it's with bundles, but they'll they'll work to do it. Because customer service means everything to them. They'll make sure you're fully insured, they'll update policies. They are the pros pros the best in the business. Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 Elmils Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Before we get back to the Super Bowl, Matt had a series of complaints. <laughs>
2: Actually, I I do have more officiating complaints, but basketball, college basketball related. End of the end of the Penn State game, atrocious. Micah Shrewsbury had every right to be as upset as he was in his comments prior to the show, and also too, I think there's some issue there with the refs at the end of the Ohio at the end of the uh, Maryland Purdue game. Like I, I, Yes, you should probably know the rules there, but I also feel like the refs didn't do a very good job in in explaining and warning well, Purdue what happened.
0: Yeah, but that's because, look, I've said this many times on the show. College basketball is making a ton of money. Invest a few dollars, and it's not that much. And doing what you do in football. Mic up the lead referee so he announces to the crowd what the deal is. Thank you. I, I've said that a lot, but... You know, I mean, quarterbacks should have radios in their helmets in college football, and officials in, in basketball, men's basketball, should be able to announce to the crowd what the deal is. Right. But as for the officiating, here's the deal on the last three games with Penn State. The three games have been decided by a total of nine points. That's a total of nine points. Total, nine points. Lost all three. For the Big Ten season. For the Big Ten season, Penn State has made 150. Let's see, no. The opponent has made 153 free throws. So against Penn State, the opponent has made 153 free throws. Penn State has attempted
2: 152. (laughs) That's ludicrous.
0: so now let's get to the last three games. And Penn State, by the way, has a better percentage of the opponent. Penn State's averaging 75% at the line. The opponents are averaging 72. But the opponent has made 153. Penn State's attempted 152. Now the last three games where the argument comes in. The opponent in the last three games, decided by a total of nine points, has made 34 free throws. Penn State has attempted 19 So that means the opponent is averaging 14 attempts per game. Penn State is averaging six attempts per game. Very impressive. Can't happen. Well, it can happen if, as I have pointed out so often on the program, it can happen if you are playing a style of play that doesn't lead to fouls. Right. So, in other words, if you are going through a game and for whatever reason you get enamored with taking jump shots, okay, you're not going to get fouled. I mean, because a cardinal sin is fouling a jump shooter. Um, and so the odds of you going to a line, if you're just taking one jump shot after another or another, you get into one of those games and you're just going to fire three-pointers left and right, your odds of getting fouled are going to be minuscule if that's the game you're playing. Now, it's not as if, for example, Saturday night Penn State's not taking some jump shots. They hit eight threes. I think Penn State was like eight of 15 and three, something like that. So they weren't out there taking 33-pointers. I think they only took 15 of them. All right. But the um but Penn State's playing downhill basketball. John Harris going to the bucket. Jalen Pickett. Now every once in a while Pickett will you know get to the lane, you know, get into the lane they will fade away. He's not gonna get fouled on a play like that, you because know, he's fading away. Sometimes you'll get to the foul line and take one. Other times you'll take it right in hard. And Sam Sesums is constantly driving. You're telling me these guys aren't getting to the foul line? Ever? I mean, that's why I look at the Michigan game. 36 minutes and 23 seconds, no free throws on a game where Penn State's playing downhill. That's the greatest single defensive performance in the paint I have seen in my life by Michigan, if that's the case. Oh my goodness, they, they they took care of everything and never fouled once. Really? Wow, what a performance. Hmm, maybe not. I mean, zero in 36 minutes and 23 seconds. Same story the other night. It's, it's the style of play that is bringing into question why they aren't at the line more. I'm not complaining about the 42 free throws. I mean, 14 a game, all right, it's fine. I, I know, I'll give you that. Lowy drives the other night. He gets fouled. He should be at the line. Willis made this drive, boom, he got fouled. He should be at the line. Curry got hit on a on a shot that he hit, ended up with a three-point play. And Curry played great, by the way. Yeah, he should be at the line. I'm, you know. And the play on the baseline with Lundy late in the game, we're up in the corner up high in the building. So I've, first of all, so it's at the far end of the floor. I've got bodies between myself and Seth. I, so I can't tell you whether he got pushed or not. I don't know. I couldn't see it. So I'm not going to comment on something or criticize somebody when I didn't see it myself. But the play where Sesams drove in, he gets hit. Okay. No foul? Really? And then they Harrow won. They run a great play. Harrow gets it in the lane. Minnesota made a big mistake. They made him. It's flat out, and it's probably on an assistant coach as to what they did. Penn State called a timeout. They put John back in the game. And Minnesota did not put Curry back in the game. So now Jamison battles guarding John. Well, John gets the ball, and battle's like battle can't handle him. So he fouled him. He pushed him. I mean, why do you think John traveled? Do you think John traveled willingly? Like, hey, I'm, I'm shuffling my feet. He got pushed. And yeah, I could see that from Mario. He got pushed. It was a foul. calling for traveling. You're looking over like, traveling? What caused him to walk? He walked because he got pushed. Hey, where are we here? So it's stuff like that where you sit back. Like I said, I mean, I don't know how much more fair of assessment I can give. The 1-D play I didn't see, so I didn't comment on it. Lowy got fouled, should be at the line for Minnesota. I thought Willis got fouled, he should be at the line for Minnesota. Curry's three-point, you know, I mean, how fair do you want me to be here? But when it comes to the other stuff, I sit back and go, you got to be kidding me. Penn State is not out there just firing up jump shots. If you're firing up jump shots, which I have seen in many games, that's why in many games you've heard me say when there's been a free-throw disparity. Disparity. There's often, often you've heard me say on the broadcast, along with Dick, the two of us said, "Hey, look, you know, if you're just taking jump shots, you're not going to be at the line." So that's why there's been a free throw disparity in certain games over the years for Penn State, because there's some games where Penn State was shooting jump shots, they weren't getting to the rim. Like, come on, guys. But that's not how this team plays. This team is trying to get the ball to the rim, and even more so in this game. Because Minnesota is last in the Big Ten in conference play, last in the Big Ten in conference play, in two-point percentage defense. So offense say, "One, the game plan: go attack, go, go, go. You keep attacking, and you never get there. You never get to the line. Really, that's hard to do." So that's why Mike, he's had enough. The last three games, Penn State has not had a game where they had more than eight free throw attempts. And they're playing downhill basketball. Let's be generous here. Let's say about two thirds of the time. One third of the time they're taking jump shots or some sort of, you know, whatever, you know. But two thirds of the time they're trying to get the ball downhill, and they're not getting fouled on every play, but they're getting fouled sometimes. You to be kidding me. 34 or 42 Penn State is 14 of 19 in the three games so Penn State's been you know, I mean you know and two of those misses were by Giovanni Scott who's not a good free throw shooter okay so the other guys besides Vonnie are thir- 14 and 17. Yeah, positions 34 or 42 in games decided by a total of nine points really 34 makes to your 19 attempts Wow.
2: That's really interesting. Now, this is my last complaint on this, too, but add to the conversation, Steve. Now, this is different than Penn State, but I have to tell you, from all these, the home games that I've done with Bucknell this year, men and women, I, this is, maybe this is just me, but I can only maybe give you a handful of games where I can walk away and say, hey, you know what, that was a pretty good officiated game. I think oh, that's, a, that's a major problem Some games across I've the Patriot away. League.
0: Most of the time I've walked away from games A lot of times you know, during the course of the year I hadn't thought twice about it But the last three games I've sat back and went you got to be kidding me, really? And I don't mind if they let guys play That doesn't bother me Letting guys play does not bother me Until you're sitting there going Okay, now why is that a foul? And like, he goes in and gets hammered And gets nothing doesn't make any sense. Again, style of play means something. You're just out there. If Penn State goes out tomorrow and is just shooting outside shots, they shouldn't be at the free throw line. And here's the issue about tomorrow's game right? Right now, guess who is last in conference play in percentage of points at the free throw line? Penn State. They only get 14.4% of all their points from the free throw line. In conference play, guess who's number one? Michigan State, twenty-one percent. <laughs> and they and Matt, they are and Michigan State, they pay it off. They I mean, do. The reason the reason they get twenty-one percent of their points on the free throw line is that they're a really good free throw shooting team. They're seventy-eight percent. I mean that's a great percentage. Penn State seventy-five, which is really good. But I mean, that's the issue. I sit back and go, "You got to be kidding me!" Look, I know that there's a shortage of officials, and it's a hard, hard job. It's a hard job. And look, I can, and I talked to a lot of these guys. Now, the three guys that worked the game the other night, I don't think I know any of them. I don't, you know. I mean, I've done a lot of games where all three have worked. But I don't you know. But that's a group like, for example, when we're down on the floor, we'll talk to these guys, and like Paul Sells and DJ and Larry and those guys. They're great guys to talk to, and I think they're really good officials. It doesn't mean they're not going to make a mistake. I mean, we'll make a mistake in the broadcast, rare, uh, but we make a mistake in the broadcast. I mean, here's the problem the Big Ten has. They have a problem in this regard in in a couple of areas. Number one, it is an academic-based conference. Correct. So you have to make an assumption that people associated with an academic-based conference can do a couple of things. A, they can read, and B, they can add and subtract. That's a problem. And number two, between Dick and myself, we've we've been involved in about, between the two of us, about 3,000 games in our career. I think we know what we're looking at. So... And I'm not saying anybody's doing anything deliberate. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? Not even remotely. I'm saying style of play has got to tell you that there's something that the team playing downhill is not doing it with uncontested layup line layups. Okay? <laughs> you got to... You can't just be averaging six free throws a game in three games when you're playing downhill all the time. And I have no problem with the 14 free throw attempts that the opponent's getting, 42, three games. Okay, like I said, I, I, I'm not sitting there saying that's not a foul. I mean, I just pointed out several plays where Minnesota got fouled and should have been at the line. How much more do you want me to say? But I can also give you a long list of things. Like, Why wasn't a foul called there? Really? Okay Interesting See that's where the frustrating For Micah comes in You're telling me that in conference Play Penn State Has attempted 152 free throws The opponent has made 153 And in this Three game stretch that we're targeting here Penn State has attempted 19. The opponents made 34. And the opponent was not 34 for 34 at the line. You sit back and go, in games decided by a total of nine points, you're like, something doesn't quite add up here. And being an academic conference, they should assume that we know how to add, 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 add subtract, and divide. That's where the chief comes in on Friday nights. We'll come back with more in a moment. What here on News Radio 1070 WKOK? Oh my almighty! Oh, Third and goal. Snapper fires, knocked away. Flag thrown though. Logan Wilson was there, and a flag comes in. Holding defense
1: number 55. Half a to the goal.
0: There. Tell me. That's what they called. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yep. Well, it wasn't the right call. That's all right. Uh, Time now for me to ruin the Suits Olympic experience. American Megan Nick has taken the bronze medal in aerials. Uh, Took the bronze medal in aerials. Surprised everybody today. First American aerials uh, medal since uh, Nagato. But Megan Nick from Vermont won... uh, Let's see. Won the final stanza, and that allowed her to claim the bronze. The U.S. women's ice hockey team beat Finland 4-1. to one. They now face Canada for the gold. So the rematch of the two superpowers in women's ice hockey go ahead for the gold. Uh, one two in the model, Bob, last night. Bronze for the U.S. with a fourth-place finish in pairs uh, in uh, ice dancing. Uh The Sioux came to work today in a Amanabob. I thought that was really cool. Uh, It slowed down the traffic on 11 and 15 dramatically. But, yeah, that's what happened today at the Winter Olympics. And the U.S. started to garner some medals here. Starting to get a little momentum here into the second week. But, yeah, that should ruin his experience right there. And no medal ceremony if Tamila uh, Velieva is in the top three. Now, they're, yeah, they're, that's my this, other
2: complaint too. But
0: this is being done on the technicality, right? Seriously, the rules—if you were under 16—are different than you if you were 16 or older. She's 15.
2: Yeah, it's all stupid.
0: I didn't say what I'm explaining to the audience. I know, I know. How it works. The difference between you and me is that you just blurted stupid, and I explain <laughs> why it's stupid, okay? I, it's, it puts more you know, pressure on me to like, okay, now i got to explain what he's talking about. But because she is under 16... because she's less than 16 that's the loophole
2: that allows her to compete that is just wrong on so many levels i'll just leave it at that
0: i mean look you don't want to get yourself into an interview situation where you look at the athlete and say are you up for the event And they say i've been up all week that doesn't that's not what you're looking for the answer
2: All right. Yet again, way to go, IOC. (laughs) They put the
0: Olympics on, but, but they don't exactly help the Olympic movement.